The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Juan is a recovering MarTech consultant turned creator who writes an amazing weekly newsletter about the MarTech industry. And I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. All right, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Hello, MarTechers. My name is Juan Mendoza from the MarTech Weekly. And this week, we are going to discuss enhancing marketing research methods. Joining me is Sharek Sheikh. He is the founder of CleverX, a fantastic company, a startup that is blitzscaling the audience discovery space in market research and product research. Now, today, Sharik and I are going to talk about audience discovery for market research. How do you do it? What does it look like? And how are they innovating at the edges of getting awesome insights from your customers to inform your product and marketing strategy? So here's our conversation with Sharik Sheik, the founder of CleverX. Hey, Sharik, how you doing? I'm doing great, Juan. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And, and we were actually just talking that you're based in San Francisco in the Bay Area, you must be right in the middle of just tech innovation right now. But tell us a little bit about CleverX, about your story. How did you launch this platform and what problems are you trying to solve in this audience research, market research space? So, I mean, definitely they are super innovative. You know, you get to meet some incredible founders here. And I moved to the US like four years back. But my story is I'm a software engineer by trade, worked in Middle East Europe after completing my computer science engineering back in India. But I was really fortunate to work for Gartner Research, which is the largest and the most respected technology research company in the world. And that's where I came into contact with this industry, which is market research. I had no idea how massive and big it was until I worked for Gartner. But it has its inherent inefficiencies because a lot of things haven't changed for the last 20, 30 years in this industry. So the industry has kind of like lagged or being traditional in a way that people have done the things the same way, like a service-based model. And we wanted to build a product that solves those inefficiencies. And what I mean by that is companies are spending billions of dollars. If you look at market research as a whole, $75 billion are spent all around the world conducting research of different kinds. So be it product research, 
online surveys, focus groups, one-to-one video interviews or calls with uh, industry experts. But the issue happens is when the players who are in the supply chain of getting the job done, especially like panel providers, they are creating a lot of like fraud in the system because there's a direct conflict of interest between them and the actual researcher. So they use the terms around GDPR and privacy laws and do not disclose information about a respondent into a particular research method. So we've completely flipped that model. We're giving our customers a platform where you have thousands of senior business professionals onto the platform, just like LinkedIn, but you also have the ability to connect your research stack to our platform. So if you want to conduct online surveys, focus groups, you want to do one-on-one interviews with these individuals, you can directly talk to your respondent or your participant for your research method. So you eliminate every you know inefficiencies out of the process and eliminate that fraud that happens. By industry standards, that fraud is around 40%. So every dollar spent, there's 40 cents lost on fraud, which is pretty bad. <laughs> That's incredible. I had no idea that there was so much fraud in the market research. Of all, of all places where you trust some of these platforms to give you good insight, there's actually a lot of fraud going on. Can you tell me a little bit more about that in terms of how that fraud happens? What does that look like? It goes back to basic human psychology, right? Any place where people make money, you are going to attract bad actors. So be it Amazon as a marketplace where people make money or be it a company which aggregates some kind of service, you will find people who would want to mask themselves as someone else and do it. And market research is one of those industries where it happens at scale. So there are people out there in the world, which we call them the black markets, where their sole job every day is to take up online surveys or participate in some sort of asynchronous or synchronous research in the name of someone else. Let's say you're conducting a survey where, and especially in B2B, where like a survey, one successful survey response would cost you like somewhere between $80 to $200. There are people out there in the world who want to make $80 in 15 minutes time of just saying like, I'm someone else. So there are these black markets out there and the companies which hire or recruit these people into the panel, their sole goal is to provide as many responses. So they're completely unaligned with the quality of work that the researcher would get. And I think that's where the problem is. So either you eradicate these bad, unreliable panel providers or you find a fix to eradicate the fraud. There are only two ways to fix that problem for this industry. And it's growing every year. So that's why people don't trust each other on LinkedIn. When you reach out to someone and say, hey, can you participate in my survey? And they're like, no, I'm not interested. There's no monetization mechanism. There's no trust. And I think that's the problem we're solving. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because as you say, the platform allows you to kind of look at a marketplace like similar to LinkedIn of of folks that have signed up for interviews on your platform. And then the market can also do their own survey-based research on there as well. And it's a little bit of both. But I guess I want to get us into this view of like how technology can really boost and really amplify the, the work of doing really great customer research. Now, can you tell us a bit more about how your marketers in your platform identify their target audience and, and how they use technology to try and find the right folks to have these conversations with? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward as a process. So you can sign up on the platform and you have this ability to search people by their job roles, by the industry, by the geography where they live. So you can look at their entire profile, just you would you know, view someone's profile on LinkedIn when you're inviting them for a job or trying to connect with someone. So it's very similar in that way. It's, a, it's like a professional network. And if you know that this person is relevant to my research project, you can actually invite them to your research project right away. But what the biggest shift here is you already know that this person is relevant to my project and I'm inviting them. So you have the confidence that the quality of the insights that you're going to get 
beat like 100 people invited for your online service, you know who those 100 people are. Today, that doesn't exist in the world. Like in the traditional ways, the researcher doesn't have an idea who their single respondent is. They just have to trust a partner who's the panel provider. So that's one. And the second part is where you actually get the research done. The platform allows you to connect your call tricks or your Zoom or your SurveyMonkey or Typeform to the platform and get that research done. It's just a matter of a few clicks. And the platform also allows you to incentivize these people right within the platform. So if you want to pay people through Amazon gift vouchers or just directly send money to their bank, or if your respondent wants to donate money, what they've earned through the platform, they can even do that. So the platform allows you to do all those three pieces together, searching the people, getting the research done, and then paying off these people who have participated in your research. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So when it comes to the actual research and how it works, could you give us a view on some of the strategies that marketing executives can kind of implement in their own organizations, particularly around the type of audience that they're after? You know, like when it comes to customer research, the most important thing is who are you talking to? Is it your customer? Is it a new product that you don't have customers for yet? Is it broader market research to understand attitudes and trends towards certain things? Is it competitor research where you're talking to the customers of competitors? There's all these different audiences, but where do you see some of the more effective marketers really hone in on that? What kind of strategies do they use to figure out that, that right audience? I think all the things that you mentioned are great. You definitely need those insights when you're launching a new product or a service or you're entering a new market. What we're seeing as a trend with like some ambitious or innovative marketers is the holy grail of any company is finding product market fit. Be it a startup or a big company that's launching a new product or a service, the ability to find those specific three or four personas that you have a guess over, like let's say I'm trying to sell into the technology department. So should I be selling it to head of applications, head of infrastructure, head of security, or the CIO directly? 
And having an access to a platform like CleverX, you can actually connect with all these four or five different personas and understand what their motivations or incentives are and where the money lies in the organization. What does the budget look like? Where do these competitors are? So if you want to find that information, which is very unique to a specific persona, we highly recommend to our customers to do one-to-one calls with these people. So if you do 10 calls with each persona, you have like incredible amount of this gold that you can use to promote, position, market your companies in the right way to the specific audience that you're going for. But on the other hand, where you mentioned like, I want to understand how do CEOs of like SMB sector in the US see 2024? Like, are they worried about risk because of recession looming around? Are they worried about growing their companies? What are the things that they care about where a financial firm would want to like focus their energies to understand that trend so they could create products which are around lending or credit cards or financial instruments? I think in that sense, we recommend our customers to do collective intelligence. So where 500 people are giving you a sense of how they see the world is going to look like in 2024. And then based off those trends, you can position or create your products accordingly. So both of them have like a very different use cases, but it completely comes down to what you're trying to solve here. So if you just want to know what your competitors are or the kind of competitors like thousand people think about in your space, you should run service. That gives you a very, very good idea. But you want to know deeper about one single competitor and you have like five specific questions about that competitor, you should do those one-on-one calls with people and understand those details, the nuances of what that competitor is doing well and not so well. Yeah, there's sort of different levels of data that you can use for your goals, I think specifically. But yeah, it's a good point that like, it's so valuable having that feeling, the emotional stuff, I think often in marketing, because that informs the product strategy, the marketing, the messaging strategy. It's like, how do people actually feel? And you can only really get that through. You can get that from surveys and interviews and calls, but it is really hard to actually get that really good insight to how people are feeling about the product and when they experience it, or that, as you say, broader sort of market conditions and other things that are external to influencing a buying decision. So that's really great. But now I want to flip it over on the upside and go, okay, well, let's say I'm a marketer for a minute and I've got all these great insights. Okay. I've got a ton of awesome insight. And now I want to start bringing that into my marketing planning. We're getting, and this as this podcast is being recorded, we're getting up to the end of the year and we're all thinking about 2024 and marketing plans for 2024. But I want to sort of understand from you and how you see this in terms of how specifically, what are the sort of use cases where taking some of these insights and bringing them into marketing campaigns? What do you see marketers doing in terms of directly informing the work that they do in their marketing strategies? That's a great question, by the way, Yon. And I think at this time, everyone's setting up their budgets for 2024. So let's assume that you conducted surveys, you conducted one-on-one interviews, uh, different kinds of research, you had your own secondary data as well. And now you know there's at least need for this product or service out there that you want to launch probably next year. The most important thing you want to do is not spend too much time on a marketing plan. And I think I see that time and time again, especially with large companies or people who are marketers working for large companies, they spend months on just building a strategy and a plan At Gartner, we had something called as a one-pager plan. I mean, it's a thing about not just having like a one-page marketing plan, but it's also having like the shortest snapshot of what you're going to do to do it. Uh, I think that's one thing I would highly recommend to marketers is not spend so much time, like months and weeks on just building a plan, rather executing and testing multiple hypotheses as quickly as possible. Because what happens is when you run a budget with your top management, so be it a startup or uh, a bigger company, you want to make sure that you're testing as many probabilities of things that could work or not as early as possible. 
And people make that mistake of testing it very, very slow. And they just think that there are only two ways of doing it, or these are the only two ways we want to position ourselves. That's usually counterproductive in my view. And we speak to a lot of marketers. They're close to like three, 4,000 marketers on our platform. So we know like these are some of the common mistakes some people make. So don't spend a lot of time on your marketing plans. Experiment, test things as quickly as possible and try out new things. Like not just because XYZ company, people do this quite sometimes where like you have a product and there's a competing product and they're doing something really well and they're growing really fast. People go and copy them. I mean, it's okay to copy certain things and that's totally fine. I get that. But your brand, your product, your service, your people, they're so different than that company. You have to find your own groove or messaging or positioning to go after a specific set of customers. I see this time and time again, even in Silicon Valley, it's like two companies which look exactly the same. One is successful and the other is not, although they both are trying to do the same thing in the same way possible, which is marketing and sales. It just comes down to your organization's DNA, I guess, who you are, and then you position yourself accordingly. So those would be like a couple of like good suggestions based on my personal experiences here. There is a lot of value, I think, in thinking through the application of your research before you do your research. The worst thing you want is like a database of all these interviews or all these survey responses, and then you go, what next? So thinking with the end in mind and going, okay, well, we're going to launch this thing and thinking, I, I often think that the power research is really good for validating and refining things as opposed to, I mean, I think the discovery aspect is good as well, but like you really want to get to a point where you're validating the specific plans you have so that you can ask the right questions because you want to get to an end point, you know, because marketers spend thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on market research. You want to have to be able to draw a straight line between the insights that you're buying and that end outcome and the changes you made, either if it's validating the existing approach that you had or your strategy, or if it's you having to pivot all of a sudden because a whole bunch of great insights came out of nowhere. For us, where we with the MarTech Weekly, we've just done a round of 30 customer interviews for our own products. And the insights that came out of that are just like, I would have never imagined that how people use our product is so different from what I had in mind. And it changes every year. And that insight is directly informing our next round of products. So we're trying to meet our customer needs as much as possible. And that's so powerful, right? And you can only really get that through scaling it up and actually using technology to make those conversations and those insights happen. So that is really wonderful. Well, thank you, Shrek. That wraps up our first episode. Join us tomorrow as we dive further into audience research. So we're talking tomorrow about the power of video-based research. And we're going to go a little bit more into the dynamics of using video to really amplify your own research projects. So that wraps up today. Thank you to Sharek Sheikh. He is the founder of CleverX for joining us. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Thank you, Sharek. Thank you, Juan. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. If you'd like to get in touch with Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled crazy pants. It's J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D-0-Z-4. Or it's a little easier to just visit his company's website, which is themartechweekly.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletters and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.